The Sisters Grimm podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Please listen at your own discretion. Blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. The most notorious serial killer in the nation, the Night Stalker. The Boston Strangler. The Son of Sam, the infamous Zodiac Killer. What's your favorite scary movie? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> How'd you do this? Hey everybody, I just wanted to say up top before the episode starts that due to some technical issues and me just generally being dumb, uh, the second half of this episode was erased. I was editing and it disappeared. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. It's, you know what, it's, it's life. It's a bittersweet symphony, that's life. We were not originally intending for this to be a three-part episode. What we recorded for uh, Scream 4 was pretty short and sweet, which made it even harder, I think, that I lost it. But, you know, what are you gonna do? You know, it's just, you know, it's just like the Scream movies. They intended on only making three, and somehow they made four. Do I kinda wish they never made a Scream 4 because then this wouldn't have been an issue for us? Of course not. I'm a grown-up. I'm not that selfish. Just kidding. I genuinely had a moment where I wish Scream 4 didn't happen, but it would have been wrong to leave it out and disclude it, you know, since it is part of the Scream-averse, even though I do not think we're going to talk about the TV show because, like I said previously, I don't care. So next week's episode will be the Scream 4 movie and then something else along with it that is tangentially related to the Scream movies. This podcast uh, is great. We talk about Scream 3 and something very big, very important happens in the beginning, so make sure to stay tuned. Um, Just because I'm doing this right now, I'm going to do some plugs. I would first of all really like to plug uh, the podcast That's Weird with Ashley and Christy. They talk about mysteries that make them say, that's weird. So they're pretty much crushing it uh, when it comes to naming a podcast because it is exactly what it says it is. Another podcast I would like to plug is called The Color Me Dead Podcast. It is hosted by Ember and Angel and they talk about Uh, really disturbing stuff, but are able to make it really funny, which is kind of what me and Morgan try to do. So it's nice listening to podcasts that are, you know, in the same vein as of what we're talking about. To download our episodes, you can go to thesistersgrimpodcast.com. You can also read blogs that go along with our episodes, some pictures we post, uh, other ways to contact us. You can follow us on Twitter at Sisters Grim Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at the Sisters Grim Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook if you go to facebook.com slash the Sisters Grim Podcast. Where else are we? You can go to 
thesistersgrim.podbean.com to download episodes. I mean, I don't know why I tell you where to download episodes, because if you're listening to this episode, you clearly know where to go. I just feel like it's necessary. Maybe like, you know, if you want to tell a friend or something, phone a friend, tell them. Always tell your friends about good podcasts. We need to get podcasts out there more. So there will be something to the effect at the end of the podcast that says, we'll be right back, and then we'll talk about Scream 4. But that does not happen, and I could edit that out, and I might, but probably not. So enjoy this episode of the Sisters Grimm podcast. I hope you all enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to the Sisters Grimm podcast. I am Holly. I am joined in studio with my beautiful and wonderful co-host, Morgan. We also, surprise, surprise, have a special guest. Morgan, please do the honors of uh, introducing our guest today. Yes, I'm happy to announce that our guest is someone very special to me. I don't know if you all maybe saw the pictures that I've been posting, but I am dating Ghostface from the Scream movies, and I am really, really excited that he's here today. Yeah, thanks, man, for showing up. Hey, everybody. Holly Morgan, thank you so much for letting me join you on this episode. I've been a really big fan since day one, obviously, since my little, uh, my little little buttercup is on the show oh babe stop it you're embarrassing me you guys are seriously so adorable we're genuinely very uh happy to have you here on the show today ghostface yeah thanks for having me on the show uh morgan and i have been together now for what is it babe like maybe three months we've been going pretty hot and heavy at it and just wanted to put on the cans and uh let everyone know how i feel about this woman Ugh, you guys are such relationship goals. It's not even funny. How have you been doing these past couple years, Ghostface? I feel like we haven't really heard from you. You know, some days are harder than others. Some days you're like, fuck it, who cares? Yes, have I killed hundreds of teenage kids? Yeah, of course. You know, you gotta look past that and just kind of remember those times a lot, like during your every waking moment, journal about it, make sure to keep trophies. That's not where you were going with this, no. You know, despite his flaws, it feels really great to have someone who, like, has a purpose. You know, like someone who has goals. I mean, even if it is killing teenagers, which, you know, I'm very much against. But I I just think we like balance each other out. I really agree with that. Morgan is uh, a down to earth girl. She's very chill. Um, I get angry very easily, kind of at the drop of the hat. I mostly talk about killing teenagers. That might be like the one bad thing I would say probably in our relationship is all of the death that I talk about. But, you know, every, every relationship has its struggles. You know what I mean, man? I do. I do. Trust me. Well, unbeknownst to Morgan, Ghostface is actually here for a very special reason. He's here to ask you a very, very important question, Morgan. What is it? Morgan, I just really think you're the girl for me. I would give up killing for you. Just kidding, that's not true. But I want to spend the rest of my life with you. God, baby! For our listeners who can't see what's going on right now, Ghostface has gotten down on one knee and is in front of Morgan. I'm coming before you, not as a serial killer, but as a man standing in front of a woman asking for her to love him. 
will you do me the utmost honor of being my wife? I swear, I probably won't murder you. It's a gray area though. Like maybe, like 80% I probably won't kill you. Is that okay? I mean, we can work through that, I guess. I promise to take care of you. I promise to be there for you when you're sick. I promise to be there for you when you're sad. I promise to kill teenage, wait, no, 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 strike that. I'm trying to get away from that. I promise to uh, cook you breakfast. Aw, you know how much I love your blueberry waffles, baby. And I know what your family is gonna say. I know what society is going to say. But fuck it, I love you, and you love me, and we deserve to be together forever. And, you know, if at any point you want to help me murder some teenage- No? Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, hard, hard pass on the murder, but I do! I will marry you! Oh my god, Morgan, you have no idea how much I've been worrying about this all week. I've been leading up to ask you. I was so afraid you were going to say no. Uh, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm so happy I could like be here to witness it. Uh, I call shotgun on being made of honor. Wait, what about a shotgun? Uh, don't, don't worry about it, babe. Don't worry about it. Now that you guys are officially engaged, how do you think that this is going to be, you know, perceived by the public? You know, it's a common misconception that serial killers and women can't find love with one another, and I'm just here to, you know, get out all of the lies, the sex, the videotapes, and just put it on record that two crazy kids can fall in love, whether you're from uh, different cultures or from different backgrounds, or if you like killing teenagers and the other is abhorred by the idea, you can still find love in the most unlikely of places, which is what I think this relationship has really taught me as a as a human being. I've really been able to grow, not really get away from killing people. That still does happen. I'm trying to curb it as much as I can. That was in air quotes. You didn't see that. He really is making an effort. I can see it. Um, and I just can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you, with this man. Morgan's getting really teary-eyed. Morgan does not get upset about very much. Uh, but yeah, no, you know what? I'm, I'm just so happy for you guys. So happy um, to be a part of this experience. Ghostface, please tell me that you can stay for the whole show. We'd love to have you. You know, I would, I'd really love to stay, but there's just so much I gotta get done now, uh, so much wedding stuff we gotta plan, I have, uh, some teenagers I'm gonna kill later, wait, shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have said that, you guys can edit that out, right? Um, so, uh, I'm gonna take off, bye, poopsie doodles, I'll, uh, see you at home, and just so happy that you're in my life, babe, and Holly, I'm really glad you could be here for it, don't call me in the next three to four-ish hours, nothing going on, I, I just won't have any cell service, because I'm gonna be, you know, like, out in the woods, and, uh, whatever, so, um, keep doing what you're doing, guys, the podcast is awesome, thank you. All right, love you, babe. See you later. Oh, I'm so happy for my little sister. 
Well, I mean, that's going to be really hard to follow. That's hard to follow. That's hard to follow. How are you feeling? Feeling really good. You're feeling good? Do you think <laughs> you're going to be good. Like, are you, are you going to be okay to do this episode? Yes, I'm still very much so here for you're this. You're very present? Okay. Yeah, and good. I mean, I'm glad. the fact that it's all about my little snickerdoodle, it just makes it even uh, better. You guys, pet names for each other literally <laughs> slay me. They stab me, much like the movies. Stab. Oh, I or, stab. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, part two coming at ya. We're gonna talk about the third and fourth movie. And... I would like to point it out that I have zero notes. That's not true. I have some. You notes. have some notes. I have like, some. Let's notes. not pretend. You didn't print them out and give me a copy this time, but you have notes. Yeah, I'm letting Morgan take the wheel. I'm letting Je- Morgan is Jesus. Jesus take the wheel. Morgan's Jesus. I'm letting her take the wheel. I have some info, but I'm mostly just going to be like beefing off of what Morgan goes by. Beef off of my chicken. <laughs> you, you know, know what I'm beef off of Morgan's beef. Uh, Scream three. I was trying to familiarize. I yesterday I was. Really Really intent, like intending on. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna fucking be doing anything at work today. And people like will have like we have dual screens. One person will be watching literally like a fucking baseball game, and I'm like, why can't I be watching like Eyes Wide Shut on my yeah, computer? Right. So that's what I was gonna do. I'm like, I have so much time. I can squeeze in three and four, and yeah. even if I'm not like a hundred percent watching it, I'd at least yeah. know. So this morning I was just watching the previews. I had uh, forgotten the a third shit ton one of previews for the third. The third movie. one is really funny, and yeah. it reminded. me me that preview or that movie rather was coming out around the time where I was uh taping episodes of Friends two times a day. Right. And because Courtney Cox is in it, like there were like it's so many. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Those tapes are lousy with uh Scream Three. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, we should go go back and watch we them. Should. We Super should man. we should do that. Yeah, we should do that sometime. So yeah. So Scream Three uh starts in LA, downtown LA, and it's Leave Shriver, aka Cotton Weary. Yes, and he's, he's like driving, driving home. and he's like talking. He's to like, like on the one hundred and one. Yeah, he's talking to his publicist, and you can see that there's like billboards up, and he's talking about how now he like hosts this like talk show, and it's like a trashy kind of talk show ish oh, thing. Yeah. And it's called One Hundred Percent Cotton. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. He and also, so I would like, like to point big out, big and famous now. In this scene, he is wearing a white blazer on top of a white ribbed t shirt. He looks it's like really an good egomaniac. He looks great. Leaf Shriver is a fucking hotte. He's hot, but like he's also I don't know. He's just kind of like a a narcissist to me. But well, yeah. Cotton absolutely right. 100%. So it doesn't he like call his wife? No. So he's on the phone with like his publicist or something, and he's talking about his movie. Who cares? But um, oh yeah, he's talking about not being able to go to get a good actual role in Stab Three, oh, which is okay. in production. And so he wants to be, he has his show, but he also is going to be in Stab 3. Okay. And so that's kind of what they're talking about. And then he gets, like, another call, and he takes it, and it's, like, this girl, and she's like, oh, oops, I think I have the wrong number. That's when I wrote down that he was being an egomaniac. Well, yeah, because she's like, you sound a lot like that guy who's on TV. She's like, oh, my God, I'm talking to Cotton right now, and he's like, guilty as charged. Yeah, he's gross. Um, but then, like, he starts talking about, or because, like, he's flirting with her, and then she's like, what would your girlfriend think? And he's like, how do you know I have a girlfriend? And then it switches to the, like, the not sexy girl voice into the, like, scream ghost the, face You voice. know, the voice of your and fiance. Because like, I'm looking at her. Because a big thing in the third movie is that Ghostface can now change his voice to fucking anything. Right. Oh, That's right. That's like a big right. thing in the third yeah, movie. Yeah, because like gr- he can do girl voices. He can too, do any you know? voice. He got the app. <laughs> yeah, it's like an app that apparently works way better than the apps that are actually fucking out there now. Because this does not exist. Yeah, it really doesn't. Because no. I was looking for them really hard. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't tell you why I was looking for them. <laughs> 
I can't tell you why. I have no information on that, but I will say that they don't exist. No, and that sucks. Not um, even on, like, eBay or Amazon or anything like that. Right. And so then he, like, races home, crashes into a bunch of people because Ghostface says he's, like, at his house looking at his wife, who is Kelly Rutherford. She's mom from Gossip Girl, a.k.a. Yeah. our mom. Yeah, the mom, freaking Blake Lively's mom and Gossip Girl, who looks exactly like our mom. She is our mom. We'll post a photo, a comparison side by side, basically. But she was also in Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I mean, because uh-huh. obviously fucking Gossip Girl had not happened because she's a lot younger in Scream 3 right. than she is in that. Right, right. So then it, like, <laughs> it shows her, like, in the apartment, and then I just remember they kept playing, like, that one Creed song really loud. Fuck. You know, the one that's, yes. like, yes. You know how Yeah, that really song. bad one. That scene reminds me of Psycho because, like, she's in the shower and she gets killed off mm-hmm. so, so quickly. Very quickly. Well, so what like happens in, is she just initially thinks that Cotton's just, like, fucking with her. And so then, like, the great relationship has... Right. If you're Cotton the, likes role-playing. <laughs> yeah, he likes role-playing that one person who almost killed him a bunch of times. Yeah. Whatever. Well, she says, she's like, I don't like your stab games. Ew. Which means that he fucks with her in that way a lot, I guess. Because so there's was, a part where she says that. Really? Yeah. She's like, you know I don't like your stab games. Ew, that's fucked up. Get out of that relationship, mom. So then, like, the mom! obviously Ghostface has, like, the voice modulator thing, and so he's pretending like he's Cotton, and then she's like, oh, LOL, but then, like, he starts attacking her, and, but she thinks <laughs> Cotton's attacking her. She's just like, ugh, LOL. Right. She's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. So then Cotton, or she thinks Cotton's attacking her because it was Cotton's voice, and then Cotton finally comes home. He almost saves her, but then she hits him really hard with, like, a golf club, and then she's, like, walking backwards into like an open door frame which you should never do nope in a horror movie because the killer is going to be right there behind you and he stabs him in the back or stabs her in the back kills her and then like really kills cotton like like goes to town he like goes to town and killing there's him. like a we- there's a weirdness in that scene where if you look because they had to reshoot it a bunch there's like a point where there's like a skylight and then there's a lot of scenes where there's not a skylight oh really yeah because they show up a lot you oh know? that's funny so but like yeah, there's so a lot cotton of continuity gets hardcore stabbed in the face so that's how that movie starts that's how it's it's Cotton getting stabbed in the face. Oh, hell yeah. That's good, though. That, like, is a point. That's, like, a poke at, like, his narcissism. It's, like, totally. obviously, like, he probably called... You know he was one of those guys who called his face his moneymaker. Oh, you know it. And so, like, to stab him right in that moneymaker? I get it. Shake that moneymaker like somebody going to pay you. Oh, yeah, maybe moneymaker doesn't mean that because that, they're not talking about shaking your face. That your song is about your ass. It's about your butt. But it's also a ludicrous song, so who really knows what it's about? I'll ask him... We're hanging out later today. Uh, so then... Uh, it, then it goes to uh, Sydney, and she has, like, the most beautiful golden retriever therapy yeah, dog I've ever seen yeah. in my entire and life. She lives out in just, like, she a lives, looks ranch. Like she lives in, like, Napa Valley. Yeah, yeah. She lives, like, in the middle of nowhere, and you can see that she has, like, actual, like, security and, like... You know bitch has a panic room. Yeah. And then, like, her dad comes because obviously, like, oh, so you see her, like, walking her dog, and then she goes inside and she's, like, feeding her dog, whose name is Chessie, and he's really cute. What's his name? Chessie. Chessie? Mm hmm. That's cute. And I so then that she's, like, she's like pouring him food and then like the TV starts talking about Cotton getting murdered. And then it starts talking about the stab movies and she's like, what the fuck? She's like, but she like is a crisis hotline person. And then Yeah, you don't kinda, know that yet. No, they just, that scene is pretty much, it's just like setting that up. Like nothing like happens right. yet. And so then it cuts to Gail. She's like giving a speech. Yeah, so Gail's giving, I guess, yeah, she, I guess she's just doing like a motivational speech. Or like a book tour maybe. Oh, I think it's for the book. Oh, I think no. Right. I think she just 
got a new TV show. No. Well, she had just gotten out of a new TV show that was supposed to be like the new 90 minutes or the new 60 seconds. I'm sorry. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. I would watch 60 seconds. <laughs> she So she like thought she was going to do a show, but it didn't end up doing well. Oh, okay. And then, so yeah, she's like talking and uh, David Arquette's brother's in this scene. Is he the one who stands up? He's the one who like comes asshole? for her. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, because I watched that scene, just that scene. Well, I watched some other ones. And then he's, he's really fucking hot. Yeah. He dresses exactly like me. He's also the doctor in Fight Club for like five seconds. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. The scene where, like, weirdly Brad Pitt, like, kind of, like, shows up for a second, like, a split second. He's on the screen. The doctor's, like, talking. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, so, that's David Arquette's uh, brother. This is when Hottie Mac, Hottie Mac, Hot Hot, uh, Patrick Dempsey comes in. You and, mean oh, McDreamy? Oh, my God. Yes. He is, was gorgeous is in, this in film. like, uh, his, his hair is just so beautiful. Yeah. Like, fuck. So he comes in. He's a detective, and he knows that Gail is also basically a detective. He knows that. He's smart enough to know that well, and her she, writing a book. I mean, she's basically fucking Anne Rule. Yeah, she's in, he's just coming to her because he's like, well, obviously, if anyone's going to know the most about this, it's going to be the person who's been following the case ever since it started. Fucking started. Yeah. Being a good detective. And then... Well, and also, doesn't her... he try to find... He Does he ask her if... He's the whole time Sydney? he's trying to find Sydney. Right. Yeah. And so he eventually, like, makes David Arquette tell him, but then she ends up just showing up anyways. Because she gets a call from the killer at her, like, ranch house. But anyways. Right, right. So he shows Gail... He's there to show Gail, like, photos, because he's like, we don't know why these photos were left at the crime. Scene. Oh yeah, and they're like old pictures of Maureen. Of yeah, of Sydney's dead mom. She's alive in the pictures. <laughs> well, yes, she's <laughs> a lot younger in the pictures. And then, and then she's like, "That's Sydney Prescott's mom," or she's that's Maureen Prescott. Yeah, she's like, "Oh my god, that's Maureen Prescott." Uh, they they cut to like the stage of where they're filming Stab Three. Yeah, so ugh, this movie's so a meta. They all because are. they're literally like shooting in like a back lot or not a back lot. They're shooting in a studio and it's like literally they've built the first movie. Yeah. Which is weird. So I guess stab three because it's supposed to be stab three return to Woodsboro. That's what the third movie that they're making in the movie is called. So, okay. So we don't really so know anything about the movie. Anything. Well, no, we don't know anything about the movie stab two. Was stab two, you think, like a all co- about the college? What happened in Scream 2. Yeah. But we never talk about it ever. Well, in the fourth Maybe one. Maybe it didn't do very well. In the fourth <laughs> one, they talk about how after. After one of the movies, Sydney sues them, and then they just start making the movies, like, apropos of nothing. Like, they're just, like, there. Wait, like, just the movies exist? They would have to have Well, they just consent. keep making them, but they have nothing to do with what's actually happening, oh. because nothing's even happened okay. in those, so it, all those years. Okay, so they're just, like, coming up with their... their, their, their have, they have the name staff. Yeah, like, there's, like, a space travel one, and oh. like or, like, a time-traveling one or something. Sorry, I'm wiping sweat off it's my cool. body, because it's the, so hot up here. If those movies existed in real life, the podcast, How Did This Get Made, would, I fucking hope it at least oh my God. do those. Yeah. I would listen to I them in a goddamn heartbeat. More horror movies. I wish they would too, but I mean, there's a lot of horror movies that people, uh, horror, ho- horror movies that people like defend very staunchly. Well, because horror movies go more into like the cult side of things than like, you know, like cult movies and like shitty, shitty, shitty movies like ninja movies. Or, that like, is true. LOL. Oh, he'll, yeah. Yeah. And like they, they don't do like obscure comedies because those are all also obviously yeah. very like subjective objective and like very close to people right. like if you thought like if you there's like no going against the fact that justin to kelly is the worst movie ever oh my you know? god her fucking clothes and the, everything about that movie pittsburgh boy uh, just everything yeah everything everything i feel like i just wrote down the word justin guarini oh i'll tell you about that later so okay. anywho so they're it's like the people 
from the movie are like talking about how they're they might afraid. have to get the movie shut down or they're kind of just like the director and the producers and the cops are all talking yeah and oh my god one of my favorite lines is in this scene because they're talking about like whether or not they think this is going to shut down production and the director's like well I'm a fucking first time director like why would this happen to me like fuck this that's like, Roman blah, blah, blah. right Roman yeah I don't like oh Roman I don't like his character but I was obsessed with Scott Foley like that's he's that gorgeous yeah he's from Philip he's also he- in um, Cougar Town with Courtney Cox yes Maybe that's cool yeah. he, he was Noel on Felicity uh, so sexy I mean we can probably just spoiler alert it now no yeah no uh, let's let's we'll wait a little bit okay. linger let it linger um, unless we forget but my favorite line is there's a part where Milton who's like the producer of right. like the, the studio or whatever he like tur- he asks the cop because it's it's Patrick Dempsey and then that other actor who's the other cop oh okay uh, his name is Josh Pace so Wallace. Wallace, yeah. But uh, I love the part. They're like, hey, um, do you guys have any reason to think that, like, because Cotton was working on this movie that this murder has anything to do with the movie? And, the, and that cop just goes, he was making a movie called Stab. He was stabbed. Yeah, he's really he's really funny. He was in the first Ninja Turtles movie. He was the voice of Raphael. <laughs> was he really? <laughs> That's fun. I don't know why that was so fucking funny to me. Yeah, uh, also weird tie-in. He was uh, he's on that Ray Donovan show that had Lee Schreiber on it. Well, homies stick with homies. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, he also what I know him most is he he was on Lo- he's on Law and Order Victims Unit oh. a lot. So yeah. They're like closing so down Gail the studio, basically. In yeah. the studio with like, she, it's like, it's supposed to be like, I think like appreciation of like her really like neon, limey, yellow, like pantsuit that she wears in the first movie. She's wearing something kind of similar. Okay. And she also has like a matching bag that has like a little camera in it. Oh, so right, she's trying right, to record right, right, right. it. And then everyone keeps noticing her. For, first it's Parker Posey. L- oh my god, she pl- nails it in this movie. It. And she plays Courtney, so she plays And Gail she's Weathers like up her ass. Movie. She's so funny. She's so she's funny. Because she's like, I'm Wes sticking Craven said with that you. she was like the, the like, crew's favorite. Really? Like, they loved her because she was just always like so on and like funny and animated. I just love the part where she's like freaking out and she's like, the killer is killing the people from the cast and the next person they're gonna kill is Gail and you're the real Gail and I'm the fake Gail so I'm gonna hang out with you and I won't get murdered right and then Courtney Arquette's just like wait what (laughs) right she's like um what so they obviously don't really like each other because they have a very contemptuous relationship with one another then like Dewey's there because he's like a advisor for the movie and he's dating Parker Posey he's not really dating her but he's living with her Mm. but they're like kind of flirty he's sliding some digits in at nighttime. I don't think so. I think he's finger blasting or just a little on the side. Whatever. Just a little I don't. on the side. I don't. Um, you can like have a healthy relationship with someone and work professionally and let them finger bang you. But I, don't I digress. Think you finger banged her. Okay. Um, it's really good to whisper on a podcast, by the way, but whatever. please continue. So then like she like talks to Dewey. Then like the guy who plays Dewey in the movie, I don't know that actor's name. He like calls her. He's out really hot. On, like on like talking a bunch of shit about him. Like and like like about like he got into a car accident and she like was like saying it was a DUI and all this stuff. And then she gets like removed. And then there's like some weird, um, you know, like when because Jay and Silent Bob were in it for a second. Cameo. So then there's some like uh, yeah, there's some cameos, cameos obviously because they're in Hollywood. Yeah, and so, so you see Jay, Jay and Silent, Silent Bob, Bob, and also walking behind Jay and Silent Bob during that scene is um, Wes Craven with like a video camera. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, because also cut later, spoiler alert, uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher's also in this movie. Um, so then... Ooh. 
an- I was looking up the one, the guy who plays Dewey. His name's Matt Kieslar, and he is on that show Grimm. Did, how many seasons did that show get? I don't Not many. No, I think maybe just the one. I tried watching it and couldn't really. Get I mean, into it has it. a seven point eight. It might. Oh no. It went on for a long time. Really? Yeah, it started. It started in 2011. And I, it, unless it's done now, I mean, it's still got six seasons. Oh well, I'm gonna so, start it sometime. Yeah, we yeah. might like it. It may be tangentially related to this. Who knows? Anywho, okay. So then it goes back to Sydney at her house, and she's like with her dad, and he's talking about how she like never leaves. No one like knows where she is. No one like knows if she's even alive because she obviously went into like hiding, not like actual hiding or like she changing should, her name. She should have changed her name and she, like moved out of California. She should have joined the Witness Protection Program. Yeah. It has a one, despite any movie or TV show you've ever seen where someone goes into the Witness Protection Program and then they are eventually, like, found. Right. The Witness Protection Program has about a 95% success rate, which is pretty good. Hell yeah. She would have been completely fine. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Like, they're really, really, really good at it. Yeah, I mean... They usually move you to a totally different country. You get plastic surgery done sometimes. You get your names changed. You move to another place. Name. Yeah, plastic surgery, it's, though. Shit. You're, everything legally gets changed about you. You're just completely... And no one can find you. Yeah. And then, because you also probably have some, uh, like, police detail and mm-hmm. all that stuff and protection and all that. So, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Sydney. Why don't you go into the fuck... I'm sure she was offered it. I mean, I don't want to victim blame, but Whitney. but uh, Sydney should have fucking 100% gone into the Witness yeah. Protection Program. What have we gotten more movies no but would <laughs> would sydney as a character had been more safe in her life yeah right and like not to like jump way too far ahead but like she literally goes and like writes a fucking book in the fourth one it's like okay sydney you're literally just drawing attention to yourself at this point yeah no she, the funds aren't coming in because how much money do you make being like, a victim <laughs> yeah i don't know she probably had to monetize on that somehow she had to have some made some movie money from the movies Maybe. I feel like she was so... Well, not if she sued and they stopped making other that's ones. That's true, that's true. But she... If she maybe sued, she made money, enough money from that. From maybe the they, when they settled, maybe she, maybe she made like a nice little nugget so that she could go live out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, obviously, because that house is cute. I would just like to mention uh, at this point that Courtney Cox's bangs are out of fucking control in this movie. They're like so short. I could also not make sense top to bottom of Parker Posey's hair. Well, they were either. trying to make her hair all like shitty and like streaky from from like the first movie right i don't know like scream three is or stab three is supposed to be like them going back and like showing a lot of stuff from the first movie it seemed like it seemed like well yeah like a return to so maybe it's like a reunion type thing but um but it seems like like not only are they trying to go back like to woodsboro with those characters but it seems like they're just trying to like tell the story of the first movie again because they obviously nothing had happened no and it's in the fourth one they made the remake but like this is not right. a remake well in the fourth one they Bullshit. had made like seven or eight other movies at that point there had been like seven or eight uh, right, stab right. movies oh and that is that were like the ones from space yeah 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 yeah. well and so so we don't live in that they universe. obviously didn't make stab three at that time and then i'm sure they went in and made stab three based on what happened happened in Scream 3. But right. then after the third movie is when they say that like she sued and so they and also nothing happened after that for really long, for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Plus I just realized some of the weird things that happen in this movie where I mean they happen in all horror movies, but the fact that like people getting shot and then them not dying right away. Like I mean this takes place in a completely different universe than ours because the movie Scream don't take place in their universe. They right. have the movie Stab, so maybe in their universe bullets like aren't as effective. Well also what I like about this one is they use bulletproof vests. 
Because, like, there's a part where, like, Sydney shows up and she's wearing a fucking bulletproof vest like a bitch. It took them way too long, in my opinion, to come to to figure that one out. I think that that's never. Well, no, because Dewey's a fucking cop. You think Dewey would be like, hey, here's a bulletproof vest. Or, hey, maybe I should be wearing a bulletproof vest. I keep getting stabbed. Dewey is. Because you can't get stabbed for a bulletproof vest either because it's, like, metal plated. It's like Kevlar, I think, Kevlar. I mean, they would just have to stab you in the neck. It's like chainmail, and you can't stab through chainmail, I don't believe. Yeah. I like to think. Because Dewey becomes progressively more and more heroic, doesn't he? Kind of, like, from the first movie yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, he's always very much so, like, the one who will, like, go out there and try to, like, help shit. Like, I think, I mean, he's a cop. He always had that, you know? But he definitely is less scared. Because, like, in the first movie, I mean, there's that scene where he's, he's like... terrified. Yeah, he's terrified. Yeah. So that's why I... I mean, Dewey always gets his ass, like, fucked up, though. He's such a dumbass. Well, I was just trying to make a connection this morning. Because, like, he dies, or they make you believe he dies in the first one, right? Yes. My belief is that he died in at the end of that movie. And the next three movies are just, like, the last moments of his life. Like, before he actually dies. Like, a Jacob's Ladder scenario. Not to steal from how did this get made. Because, like, he just keeps, like, all this crazy shit just keeps happening. And this one event just keeps playing out over and over and over again. And then at the end, he's just finally dead. He never dies. They didn't show... That was a deleted scene at the very end. So we were talking about... Uh, oh well so Sydney was talking to her dad and he's talking about how she doesn't ever like talk to anyone and so then it cuts to like later on in the night she's like sleeping and she has like a dream where her mom comes to the window oh yeah that part's really fucked up I hate her mom in this movie. Like, yeah. I, I don't I mean, I don't want to like, hate a victim, but she's annoying. Fact, so we talked about the actor who played Dewey, and we talked about the actor who played Gail, but there's also the actress who plays Sydney. Oh, yeah. Who is like, she apparently won it from like a, oh, like like a, a weird talent search. Like, instead right. of like auditioning, she wasn't even like an actress. And then that one um, actor is supposed to play, I guess, like the new Randy, since Randy obviously got killed off in Stab 2, they said. Mm-hmm. Emily Mortimer is the girl, oh, by the way. Oh, is her? She, the uh from like Shutter Island. Yeah. And Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. yeah. That was like one of our first movies, I would say, probably. Scream three. Uh yeah, I would say it was around that time, yeah. And then motherfucking Jenny McCarthy. Oh yeah, baby. Is in this movie. Um and she's I think she's kinda supposed to be the Drew in in Stab Three. She's supposed to be like the girl who died. Or no, she says she No a really funny part where she's like, I'm candy, I get killed second. <laughs> she's just like it's they just took it from every other token. She's just like the, the token. Blonde. Hot blonde girl She's who like dies. the blonde, and I don't mean any of these words, but like the blonde. I'm not even gonna say them actually, but like the stereotypical white blonde female who dies in a movie because she's ditzy and dumb and whatever. So of course she's going to die. Right. Oh God, I love her Bullshit. character. In this she's movie. really funny in it. What is her death scene? So her death scene, she like gets a call from Roman, and he like wanted her to come into the studio into his office so they could like talk about her lines. She gets there and he like calls. He's like, hey, sorry, I'm like stuck in traffic. Like, I'll be there in a little bit, but let's just start talking now on the phone. Right. And she's like, okay. And I love the part where she's like, oh, yeah, going like, over their lines. Running lines. In the car. And she's just like, hang on, I just got out of the shower. And she's like, why am I showering? My boyfriend just died. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then, like, that's really funny. He starts like saying all these weird lines and saying her name Sarah instead of calling her Candy. Right. And then, like, the voice modulator changes to Ghostface's voice again. She ends up in like a prop room or right. something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Like she hides in like a area where like there's a ton of like Ghostface like. Oh, they're everywhere. like all, oh it's they're all hanging up. Right? Yeah, they're like Ghostface hanging costumes. up on a. And so he's rack. hiding in there, and he just eventually stabs her. She tries like hitting him with like a prop knife, and obviously it's like rubber. Oh yeah, that's really that's a bummer. So she dies pretty hard, and he tells he says, uh, "Scare, Scara, Sarah Scara. gets scared like a fucking pig." That's yeah. a line in that scene that that's I assumed you wouldn't like, so that's why I said that. So, so offensive. What's even more offensive is that you're a... Oh, okay. Morgan, <laughs> I thought you were going to drink directly from that water, and then I was just going to say that's yours now. No, I just... Why? You think I'm gross? We're no, sisters. I know, but you're I... Still, exact same I don't shit. like drinking out of things other people have drink out. Anywho, so <laughs> did that go completely out of order, that death? No, no, because that, that's like the second death. Who's, or, well, technically who, third. Who's the first death? Or, Cotton no, and his oh, girlfriend. Okay, so yeah, so that was right. Yeah, that was good. Um, so then she dies, and then after that, obviously, like, Roman gets questioned because he was the last person she was talking to, right. and, like, her roommate even said that she heard that she was talking to her, so he gets questioned. Right. I mean, other stuff happens. We don't need to go into, like, scene for fucking scene. Yeah, and Dion Richmond is in this movie, who, who's amazing. Is he the one who plays... He's 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 literally... He's the he's token... Sister, sister. He's token black guy, yeah. and he literally, in the movie, not another teen movie, plays token, token black, black guy. guy. Right. So he gets it. He gets it. He's amazing, beyond... Oh, yeah, I love him. Beyond love having him to sister, use sister. him as being a racist yeah he was so good so good was he in sister yeah you're right sister, yeah yeah, sister. yeah he was yeah, jordan he tamara yeah jordan yeah. oh my god i remember thinking he was so fucking cute same they so both i forget cute. who tia's boyfriend he's was, but very funny really he's very funny i think he's very funny so, so then like a bunch of stuff happens sydney gets a call from the killer at her house after this happens, oh, because she's like, does the suit? Or it's like a, it's not, it's like a crisis. It's hotline. a woman's crisis hotline. It's a woman's crisis hotline where basically, and she like says a fake name. She says her name is like Emily or something. Lauren, Laura, Laura. I think she says her name's Laura. And so um, she gets a call from like a weird voice, and it's Ghostface pretending to be her mom. And she's just like, I've killed someone. And then she's like, well, you need to call the cops. And then she's like, just kidding, I'm Ghostface. Like, and God, then he's like, turn on the, he's like, turn on the TV. And she turns on the news, and it's uh, talking about um, Jenny McCarthy's death. How would he know that the news channel would be the last thing that she watched? She's like, oh, I was actually on well, Skinamax last she's night. She changes the channel. Oh, I thought, you, I thought, like, TV on, that's the first thing no. we see. Um... And so then, like, she gets really scared because, obviously, like, Ghostface knows where she is now because he's calling her there. And so this whole time, Patrick Dempsey has been trying to get, like, people to get in contact with her. And so he's finally like, oh, because also... So we also missed something else really important. Of course. So then there's a scene in that... So then after she dies, after Jenny McCarthy dies, they shut down production. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And so then they, like, are having, like, a weird little, like, party at Parker Posey's house. Her bodyguard is the dude who plays the voice from Family Guy, the big dude. He's in Ted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep talking. I'll find it. Um, So they're at this house. They're all, like, sad, and they're, like, drinking, and Gail, like, sneaky shows up, obviously, because... Sneaky Lisa. She sneaky Lisa shows up, and basically... Ghostface starts fucking with them via, like, fax machine. So, like, first, like... Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, right, doy. Patrick 
Warburton. Yeah, so he's playing he, oh, the bodyguard, and him. he goes into Dewey's, like, trailer where he lives in Parker Posey's, like, yard. And, yeah, that's um, weird. That is a weird relationship. I take back what I said about the fingering. They weren't, like, next to each other no, at nighttime. No. She made him stay in a... Tra- forgot about that. And so he's, like, really fucked up and he, like... No, I think he wanted to stay in the trailer. He didn't want to stay in a nice movie star's house? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, Dewey's, like, like small town. That's when, like, all of those the, like, faxes are coming in and it's, like, the new script. Well, hang on. Before that, um, he's Patrick Warber. Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he's in his thing and he's talking like shit because he thinks Dewey's on the phone. And so he's, like, talking shit and he's, like, just want to make sure that no one's in here trying to kill you like they killed your sister. Fuck. Yeah, and so Ghostface is, like, pretending to be Dewey and he's like, that makes me really mad. And so then, like, Ghostface comes out, kills Patrick Warburber. Warburber. Just call him Pat. Just call him Pat. Patty. Uh, Well, he's dead now, so whatever. So he dies. um, And then, yeah, they start getting, like, all these, like, all of the power goes out in the house, but they start getting, like, faxes, and it's, like, a new updated script, and it's, like, talking about, like, who's going to die next. And they keep, like, saying, like, oh, let's run out of the house, because if they're, like, sending us fax, obviously he wants us in the house, but... Because the facts are saying, like, the killer's outside. So they're like, well, if the killer's saying he's outside, then he's probably actually fucking inside, so let's go the fuck outside. Right. They got smart. Yeah. And so then, like, the faxes keep coming, and the one guy who plays Dewey in the movies, in the stab movies, he, like, can't, like, take anymore, and he goes inside, and he, like, since there's no power, he can't read anything, and the last line is, the person who's gonna die next is whoever smells the gas. Yeah. And then he lights a lighter and literally just explodes, because obviously... Ghostface had just filled the house up with gas. Well, yeah, he well he just probably like cut the gas line. So he goes inside. I vaguely remember this. I should have watched this movie. Who goes inside? Well, no, the, I know that guy goes inside. But to, in order for him to read the last facts, well, he had they established at all that he was a smoker or anything? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For Never sure. Never mind. That's good. Because I was gonna say you there are so many other options you could have used to like light something up like a match wouldn't or like a lighter would not well they didn't have iphones but i mean like they had like i mean this is 2000 they had like they still just grabbed it and ran the fuck back outside but honestly that scene i was was like how the fuck did they do that because like it literally looks like that bitch explodes like his body just like goes like it looks like when like spiders get all their legs pulled off at the same time or something like it looked crazy yeah i remember that part they probably had a very good cgi budget then they all get like blown off of like this hill that they're obviously living in hollywood somewhere which killer leaves another picture of There's Maureen. also... He also left a picture of Maureen when he killed um... What's his... Uh, the first people, yeah. Jenny McCarthy. Um, I would just like to point out that scientifically that blast would have killed all of them when... You think? Yeah, when a building or anything bursts there is not like a whoosh of air that pushes everything out of the way. Everything that was in that house suddenly turns into... Dust. No, small to large hot very fast moving weapons yeah that you will just die you'll get like impaled impaled you'll catch on fire yeah you, you won't live none of them would live no. i mean it happens in all movies so it's okay but scientifically accurately they would have all been dead by this point so now she doesn't have a home and that's when she yes. like goes to gail and she's like freaking out i think she's wearing a wig that hair cannot be hers parker posey yeah, it might be a wig that's a wig so then they're, they, they're at the police station and that's when um patrick dempsey's like you need to fucking get Sydney, like I need to see her because all these pictures of her fucking mom keep showing up. And then finally Sydney shows up because she's like, Well, I'm not safe anywhere, so I may as well be here with people at a fucking police station. So Sydney shows up and then they go to take Sydney to the studio 
because the studio that they're shooting is where a lot of the pictures of Sydney's mom were taken. Right. They're finding out that the studio or the pictures that they're getting from the crime scenes all have this, these like stamps on them that they're copies from a specific movie studio. Well, no, it's more because they can tell by the picture because there's a scene right before the house explodes where Dewey and oh, right. Courtney are right. looking at like a picture and it matches up to something that they up saw. The same place in the back lot or something. So then the girl from Princess Diaries shows up. Oh yeah, because she from has Hostel Two. Oh yeah, Ugh, that that uh, her death in that movie. Is intense. That is, um, that, uh, I would love to do an Eli Roth. I would episode, love by the way. to have an Elizabeth Bathory <laughs> style <laughs> death where I just like have like the blood of young women just splashing all over my body. Gross. It would smell. Oh, it would smell so bad. I'm lying. That sounds like the most disgusting <laughs> thing in the entire world. So, so then. So they bring. She brings a tape because. Randy, of course, filmed it. Like, right. Recorded so, himself. Ra- so she comes and she's Randy's sister. Randy had made a tape in college. She's like, thanks, guys. In the second movie. Right. She's not even, she's like, upset really that her funny. brother's dead. She's like, hey, guys. She's like, hey, Dewey. Like, keep in touch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hit me up on AIM. Right. <laughs> so then there's a tape of, um... Do you, or, of, uh, of Randy, Randy and he's talking about... Saying, like, what, what's going to happen if this is a trilogy, which is initially what Scream was going to be as a trilogy. They weren't going to make the fourth one, but people wanted it so fucking badly, and because remakes are such a thing, it can still be a trilogy with a remake, even though it's technically not a remake, because it's a continuation. So Randy gives, like, some more, like, trilogy things, saying that, like, Sydney can even die in this one, because, like, you know, nothing is out of question. Um, he was saying the only way you can kill the killer is if you seriously, like, blow him up, cut his fucking head off, cryogenically freeze him, you know, or, like, cut him into a million little pieces. So after they see Randy's tape, they split up, right? Yeah, they all split up. So Sydney goes with Patrick Dempsey, I'm assuming just to be questioned, and also to be safe. So then Gail wants to go off by herself, because that's how Gail is, and then she meets up with Parker Posey, and that's when they go to look for stuff about Maureen. Yeah, like, uh, and that's when they see... Sydney, or, um, Gail, like, tries to get in. She wants to get in, but then, like, she can't, because you have to have a pass. And then that's when Parker Posey comes up, and she's like, Gail Weathers always finds a way. Yeah, because she obviously has the pass because right. she works there. You're right. Like, Courtney Cox, like, rolls her eyes like, fuck right. you, bitch. So and then, so yeah, that's they... when Princess Leia comes in. And no, she, like, she... makes a joke about how she was also up for the role of Princess Leia, but the one who slept with George Lucas got the role. Right. That was probably um, some in some in for, like, a joke. It was totally, yeah, obviously a joke. Um, but then they find out that Maureen's mom was other actress whose name was Rena Reynolds. And then they found out that she... Almost all the movies that she did were for this Milton guy, who is the producer of Stab. Right, and so then his they, office, I would just like to is say, is dope. It's goals. It's huge. It's dope. So then they go to him at his office and they kind of like talk a lot of shit to him. They find out that she got like probably sexually assaulted. Oh no, she one hundred percent got sexually assaulted. He he like sits down. He's like, you know how the seventies were, and it's just like no. He's like, she didn't get anything she didn't ask for, which is a fucking lie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I noticed a lot when I was watching what little I watched. Like, um, there's lots of scenes where Parker Posey, like that part where they go and see Princess Leia, they're like going down to a basement. She's like, oh, I hate basements. And then I, that's why I asked you, like, she doesn't die in a basement. Like, they keep setting no. it up for her to die in a basement because later in the movie when her and Roman go off they and they're going down to a basement, she's like, oh, fucking hate basements. No, I think she just fucking hates basements. That was just she, like she a, doesn't die in a basement. That was just a weird actress move she decided to make. 
Or it was in the script. I don't know. Who knows? So they go and talk to him and they find out like she'd been because she'd like, been if you sexually don't fucking abused. Tell us like what happened. Then we're just she's like, I'm going to go on like a huge like news station and I'm going to tell everyone. So you right. can either tell me and I won't do that or don't. And so he told them everything. And then Roman's having a birthday party at Milton's like huge mansion. And they're waiting for Milton to show up. This gets like it reminds me of the movie Clue. He's yeah. like shit faced, but like acting shit faced and he's acting very poorly shit faced. Like he's just like, Yeah, I fucking cares. Well, like not whatever. Drunk, he's oh, okay, well then he's bad at pretending to act to be totally. pretending to act. Or pretending to be drunk, pretending to be drunk. So then Dewey, Courtney, and what we when does Posey, Nev finally get in? Uh so she's at the police station right now. So Courtney, Dewey, and Parker Posey get a call from Nev. I'm air quoting that, that you can see that. From Nev, and she's, it's obviously not her, but she's like, yeah, I'm going to go to that party at Milton's. You guys should go. And then they're like, wait, what? And she's like, bye. And then just hangs up. But isn't, there's like a whole like meet cute for her and Patrick Dempsey when she, they not really no. meet cute. They're just talking in the police station. Well, no, because she finally comes and like she comes like on her own. That happened a while ago that I but said. we never. Yeah, oh, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I forgot that you had mentioned that. Yeah. But like he interviews her a lot, so they kind they kind of make it seem like maybe he's the killer. Oh yeah, he's totally a red herring because he like talks about how like when he thinks of like L.A., he doesn't think of movies. He thinks of murder. Well, that's not wrong. Yeah, no. But they're still kind of flirty, and I you of course you kind of are gonna think. He's a red herring because he's flirting with fucking Sydney, and anyone who flirts with Sydney might be a killer. Right. You I know? mean, every uh, the girl who like plays Sydney, they kind of think of her as a red herring because like she like looks up to her so much, and she like yeah, won and she's this. weird and creepy. And, and, but and, then and the, oh, she like catches her in the bathroom, and she was just like taking props because she wanted to yeah, like remember. She had, like, stole a mask because she really was just like a crazy bitch. Because like when they're in Milton's house, and she like says she's like I'm not gonna die here with second rate actresses like you two, and then right. she gets her ass killed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then Sydney's at the police station, and they're all, like, eating pizza or something. So Sydney's in a room by herself. She gets a call. It's Ghostface. He has Gail and Dewey. Oh, as them, pretending to say to invite her over? No, no. He has Gail and Dewey, like, tied up. Oh, He's right. captured them at this right. point. He's right. killed everyone else and captured them. Oh. Everyone, ex- yeah, even Parker Posey's dead now. And she dies. So she, she like, somehow... She's like hiding, and then she falls into like a like a James room. Bond like a James Bond door yeah like situation. it's like a crazy like trap house. Okay. So she falls into this room. She's running, and then she's like behind like this two way mirror. And so I don't know if she gets stabbed or if Dewey shoots her, but he starts like shooting the glass, and then she falls dead. So he might have shot her, and that could have been how she well, died. Well, I think he. Was, I think she also got stabbed. I think she got stabbed, and he was shooting the glass so that he could get to her to save yeah. her. Yeah, and he was shooting up too. So I don't think he shot her. Okay, and then how did Jordan from Sister, sister, how did he die? He, like, starts, he sees the killer right after Parker Posey dies. He runs, and he just gets stabbed a shit ton and thrown off a balcony. Oh, really? Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, because he's the first one Sydney sees when she shows up. So Sydney gets the call, and he's basically like, come here, your friends are gonna fucking die, like they all do, so if you just want to kill more of your friends, don't show up. And so then Sydney is super fucking smart. She shows up, and and he's like, there's, like, metal detector, do it on yourself. And so she does it, and something goes off, and it's a gun, so she throws the gun in the pool. But then she goes in, starts untying Dewey and Gail, because they're in there, and then the killer comes, and she says, LOL, motherfucker, I had two fucking guns, dumbass. So then she starts shooting. Yeah, duh, just put two guns in the same spot. Obviously, he doesn't fucking die. 
Or obviously she misses because Sydney's like not good with a gun. Well, no, this takes place in an alternate universe where the first shot doesn't count, apparently. Right. Your skin's like so much more durable in this right. universe. So then, like, there's like a whole chase scene of him like chasing Sydney. She ends up in this room, and then like all these like videotapes start showing up of like her mom, oh, yeah, her as a baby, and another little boy. Because he really wanted to find the old screening room and yeah. like where they would have those parties, those, yeah. you know, those infamous right. rape 70s parties that were such a hit. Right, and it's like one of those rooms that you have to like go through a bookcase to get to. <laughs> you know, that thing everyone has in their house. Right. Like, uh, you're just going to go past the bathroom, you're going to come to a bookcase, but it's actually a hidden door you're going to want to pull on To Kill a Mockingbird. It's right next to the like new book written by Harper Lee, so you might get confused. We also have two copies, of, unfortunately, and I forget which one, so j- it might take you a while. So then <laughs> you find out Roman's the killer, and Roman was also her brother yes but her mom gave him up so obviously he's like super butthurt about it ted bundy syndrome anything super or, ted bundy no syndrome. he's totally has like classic serial kinder kin, kindergarten tendencies totally serial killer tendencies like who was his dad Did, they don't they ever say? talk about it just some random guy because it was probably some random guy that she was raped by at that party. Probably. But anyway, so like later in his life, he went like looking for the mom and the mom didn't want anything to do with him. So then he basically says he is the one who killed Sydney's mom and did all of this. And he's the one who told Stu- Billy and Stu to right. do what they did. Right. And he told like Debbie Salt and. Yeah. Like he's his- been he's been orchestrating. Yeah. This basically thing the he's whole saying time. that he's been orchestrating this thing the whole time. Whatever. Pretty long timeline, Roman. Right. So then do we find. Finally gets out. Long con. Him and uh, Courtney Cox finally like find Sydney. They both find out that they've been wearing bulletproof vests this whole time, so guns are kind of pointless. And then like oh, right. she stabs him a couple times, thinks he dead. He not dead. He, <laughs> he jumped up. Like Dewey keeps shooting him over and over, and Sydney just keeps yelling, "Head! Shoot him in the head!" And then yeah, he finally doy. shoots him right in the head, and then he's dead. And then he's dead. And then it basically just. Cuts to, oh, well, then it's super important. So we're back at Sydney's, like, really cute, like, house. And she's, like, walking her dog again. And then, like, Dewey and Courtney Cox are, like, on her porch. And Dewey proposes with one of her books. He's like, will you sign, like, your book? And she's like, you hate my books. And he's like, just sign it, stupid. She opens it and he, like, cuts some of the pages out and there's a ring in it. It would have been funnier if she was like, why the fuck did you cut up one of my books? Right. Whatever, at least he bought it and paid for it. Yeah, and then and then cut pieces out of it and threw into a garbage can that probably had like I mean put a diamond ring in it. Yeah, whatever. What by the way, your engagement ring is absolutely gorgeous. Like a flawless, like colorless. Yeah, no, he came he came to me, he asked me what your favorite cut was. I told him everything you always have told me (laughs) for when a boy wants to propose to you. It looks great on your finger. You know I love that pear cut. We're gonna post pics. Probably. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, as a recently engaged woman, like that scene probably like really hits even harder to you right now. Even harder now. Who do you think did it best? What was a better proposal? Old gold face or gold face? Old ghost face or old do pants? Um, I don't know if I had a book that would have been really cool, but like I don't have a book. Um, He also, like, it came to him. You know how he is. He's very flighty. He's super flighty and also, like, you know, super reactive. Right, no. Like, in the same sentence that he told me that he was going to marry you, he also told me that he had just killed five teenagers. So I was like, oh, what? what?" That's just him. Yeah. (laughs) It is really. God love him. It's really hard to get a read on that guy sometimes. Uh, So that was uh, Scream 3. And we're going to take a short little break. 
in between that. And then we'll start talking to you about Scream 4. Also, I have to go stare at my ring in the mirror. Yeah, Morgan is... We're going to post some amazing um, engagement amazing. photos. Some amazing. Ma- amazing. Amazing, amazing pictures. Um, you guys are great, and we will be back in the future. 